Hey everybody, we are live. Uh, welcome to our little first test stream uh, to see how this is gonna work with our new software. Uh, just so you know, we are Community Manager Live. Each and every week, we're gonna bring a topic to you. We're gonna have community professionals on to talk about that topic and hopefully get some questions from you as we go along to, to dig into those topics. Um, so first I'm gonna introduce my co-host. I'm gonna bring on Tim McDonald. Hey Tim, say hello. Hey. And introduce yourself. Hey, how you doing, David, and everybody out there? This is Tim McDonald. I am the head of community currently at Homeroom. Uh, most people know me when I started my community manager, and we did hangouts all the time, uh, which is where I met David. Uh, I'm community manager hangouts, and uh, basically uh, live in Tampa, Florida now, but uh, was at HuffPost for a while and uh, worked at uh, with Social Media Club as the uh, director of communications on their board. So excited to be here and kind of relaunch our Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> very good, very good. I should have said that I work at Sienna. So with Sienna's technology company, we build uh, things that make the internet go, basically. This broadcast is probably hitting Sienna equipment between my house and yours. Uh, so, so very cool stuff. We have a couple of guests today. First, I'm going to bring up Wesley. Wesley, if you will pop on, just say hello. Tell us about who you are and what you do. Hello, my name is Wesley Faulkner. I am the co-host or one of the many co-hosts of the developer relations and community-based podcast uh, called Community Pulse, communitypulse.io, and also old school uh, social media club member. And so like here in UTEM brings back a lot of memories. Uh, Chris and Christy are awesome people. And so, um, yeah, that and for my full-time job or what pays the bills, I am the North America community manager for AWS. Uh, and so mostly focusing on user groups uh, in terms of community. And so, yeah, thanks for having me on. Very good. Um, Alicia, I don't know if you want to show on screen or not. Uh, I will pop you up if you want to unmute just briefly to say hello. Hi. Uh, hello. Hi, guys. Um, nice to be here. I also work as a community manager uh, for a smaller company. I used to work for Microsoft and also work with user groups. So I guess similar uh, to what Wesley does right now. And yeah, now I work with freelancers. And um, yeah, thanks for having Very me. Very cool. Oh, glad to have you. Uh, thank you for joining. I, I should let everybody know, with the exception of Tim, everybody here is a new person to me uh, who stepped up. They said, I'd love to be a part of this and, and see where it goes. And I really appreciate it. I'm standing on the shoulders of giants here. Uh, Tim McDonald really started this years ago. I'm just kind of picking up the ball and running with it with his permission. Uh, this is very good. Hi, there she is. Um, so the way this is going to work each week is we're going to have questions uh, on a topic whatever that topic might be. Um, I'm gonna show you how that's gonna work. Each week, we're gonna pop the questions up top so that they're always running and you'll know what's going on. Um, uh, that way, you know, when it's recorded and played later, uh, you can just kind of look at the top and, and it helps because I've been on calls where we've gotten really into something and we've kind of diverged a little bit and I've forgotten what the original question was. So it's more for me guys than you, but I hope it helps everybody. Keep us honest. Stay on yes, time. absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so I will ask the first question. Um, we do have some prepared today. Uh, what was uh, the first online community you participated in? I mean, everybody's got to start somewhere. And I don't necessarily mean as uh, someone as a manager or so much, but just a community that you joined and, and was hanging out in. Um, I'm really old school. So it goes way, way back when I start talking about uh, online communities. But I I'd love to hear from anybody. Who wants to go first? Jeez, you got me thinking now. I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see. Uh, I think one of the first online communities I was involved with was when I joined Twitter and there was a few of us that liked bike riding in the Chicago area. And we just did a, this hashtag tweet ride and we, I met people this way. We formed meetups to go out and ride bikes together. And I think that was like kind of the first essence of kind of, it was very small. There was only like about a dozen of us, but it was such a tight knit group. And we all came together over what I think all communities are, which is shared purpose of enjoying being on Twitter, but also enjoying getting out in nature and riding our bikes. So that was probably the first kind of 
unofficial community I was part of. <laughs> very good, very good. I just saw Mary pop on for a second. Mary, if you're out there, come back on in. We'll get you on. Uh, we just kind of started and headed in, but please come back to us. Uh, anybody else want to take a stab at it? Okay, so online community. I, I was thinking about Friendster. Um, but then I was thinking, those were all just my friends. Those, it was, it's it community. was, it, but it's still considered community. Okay, good. It was, I would, it was I would, because, you know, people talk about, you know, Facebook's never going away. And I always say, yes, we have Facebook because six degrees failed. And we had six degrees because Friendster failed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it, it happens. These big giants can fall. So uh, please, you know, go ahead. I, yeah, I consider yeah. Friendster community. Yeah, so that was the, probably the first one, and of course, I moved over to to MySpace and then uh, other communities as well. Um, but but I, I guess that gave me the exposure to actually meeting people who were just tangential or like one degree removed. Uh, friends of friends is what it, it kind of exposed me to that. Um, but uh, I, I would say that actually Twitter was probably the first community where there was a, a meld of like online and offline where I met people mm. on Twitter and then met them physically. And then that kind of reinforced itself over time. So almost like what, what Tim is, is, is saying in terms of community where I felt more communal with that online community than I would think any other community that I was part of. Yeah. We'll take a break just real quick. I'm going to bring Mary in. Hey, Mary, uh, say hello, introduce yourself. Hello. Thanks for having me. Sorry, I was a couple minutes late there. Oh, better um, late than never. My name is Mary Thingval. I am the Director of Developer Relations at a company called Comunda. We do process automation and orchestration. Um, and I've been in the DevRel space for 15-ish years. So, very good. Very good. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Did you want to take a stab at our question? What was the first online community you participated in? Sure. I was uh, having flashbacks when you were talking, mostly about Friendster. Um, I think MySpace was mm -hmm. around and technically probably the first online community that I, I engaged in. Um, but I had an interesting situation where when I was in college, uh, Facebook was starting to be released to other colleges. And so then when I joined my first full-time job at O'Reilly, it had just been released, I think within the first year of my joining there, it had just been released outside of universities. And so I was, of course, immediately put in charge of like, build out our Facebook site and figure out how Facebook groups work and figure out how the brand pages work and all of that. So I think that was probably my first entree into online communities and what does this mean and how does it work? Very cool, very cool. Alicia, did you want to take a stab? If not, I'll jump in. Uh, sure. Uh, I'm just realizing now that I just came in here very unprepared and I didn't even put my last name in the... Oh, you can fix it. You can, if you listen, you can fix it. There's a way in the thing to do it. So. Yeah, no worries. Um, but yeah, I was also wondering what was my first community because, um, you know, now I'm part of so many of them. And, you know, just like looking back, where, where did it all start? So I come from Poland and Twitter wasn't a thing really there. Like, it's still not. It's not a big social media in Poland. And, um, yeah, I think like Facebook groups were the first things that I did, uh, like was really engaged in. And it was uh, probably more neighborhood ones. So, you know, people from the neighborhood, people from the blog, just sharing stuff about, you know, li living in this particular part of the city. And I get super engaged in that. And uh, also um, very non-DevRel related, but um, gorilla, like gardening gorilla. So uh, people that are doing like all kinds of, uh, you know, taking public spaces that are not being used and being forgotten and planting some stuff there. So these were my first community groups in internet. <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, that's great. Very cool. Eco-friendly too, you know, taking taking what's not being used and putting it to good use for, I know that, that gardens can, you know, make vegetables and all kinds of things. So it can help sustain the community that maybe is a little struggling. Uh, and I love that stuff. I love that stuff. Very good. So, so for me, um, I first got online in 1996. Back then, 
it was weird, you know, very text-based. There weren't a lot of pictures and images. Web browsers uh, were just getting started. Netscape was still in beta, and it's long gone now. Um, turned into Mozilla. Uh, so the first kind of real community I met with were news groups, um, which was all text-based, very form-like, but it was, uh, what was, it's interesting because it, it comes up in modern time. It was very protocol-based. There were different places on the internet that hosted these news groups and they were all interconnected. And if, and what you would have sometimes, uh, especially if you were on IRC, which was internet relay chat, you would have what they called net slip. And that's where one of the nodes disconnected from another node and people would just drop off chat because it was all protocol based, all interconnected computer to computer. And nowadays we have the giant sites like Facebook and everything. But uh, that was probably the first one, but the first web based one, I will say, or HTML based one or web browser-based one was probably, um, it might have been, I don't know if I'd call AOL a browser-based one now, but uh, AOL had groups and I was there when AOL went online and they exposed all of their user base to the internet for the first time. And it was interesting to see in the news groups how um, it was a sudden shift. It was a huge shift in the way that the internet worked back then because it was you know a bunch of techies heads and we'd get online and chat about techie stuff and hobby stuff and you know video games or whatever it was. And then we had this mad rush of just everybody on AOL that suddenly had access. And they didn't know the rules and the and the 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 different you know ways that we did things. And so they came in and did it their way. And so it was just a big change in in the way that and people behaved online. Uh, very cool, very cool. It's interesting to hear that everybody's, I do love the gorilla gardening thing, that's great. Um, okay, our sex, sex, second question, if I can say second once and not three times. Uh, when did you first realize, well, let's get it up there, cancel. When did you first realize that community was something you could do as a job? Anybody, anybody? Okay, I, I can go. Uh, go, 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 go. Because uh, uh, to me, it was pretty recent, to be honest, because um, I uh, was working for Microsoft and but then it was called, um, it was like a really weird uh, names for the jobs. So I think I was like called uh, evangelist manager, uh, something like this. I, I don't even remember the title. Then it was like technical evangelist, stuff like this. It just like meant nothing. But I basically started working with influencers and uh, a lot of people that are engaging as community leaders. So they would do meetups, they would do uh, some kind of uh, online content and basically working with people as a community, kind of bringing them together. And then I started an NGO in Poland that was um, focusing on promotion of co-housing and co-living. So basically also like bringing people together around a certain idea and idea was also about community and communal living. So um, I just got very passionate about this and I was talking to a lot of people about this and uh, how I see it, how I see it as kind of a future uh, thing, you know, like going from the individualism back to the communal living in a way. And yeah, and I just put it on LinkedIn once that I'm looking for a job as a community manager and um, yeah, and I got it. So <laughs> it's kind of a new thing for me. I think it was about a year ago that I realized that it's actually a position and it's something that you can do as a career. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Anyone else? I can hop in. Um, so I have always loved building communities, usually in person. Um, but part of what I've loved about it is the storytelling aspect. So. I was not involved in tech. I had a journalism degree and loved building communities around like storytelling and writing stories and bringing people together to better understand situations. So the, the general concept of community being a part of your role, I was very familiar with. Um, but I joined O'Reilly in their publicity department, uh, writing press releases and things for the books and very quickly found that there was ways to build community around that as well, because my community of, of people who were reviewing books was definitely a community. Uh, the community I was helping to build around Ignite talks and Ignite events and things like that was definitely a community. Um, I don't think I realized that I could 
actually do that full time, what the pieces of my job that I really, really loved until I met someone else at a conference and said, what do you do? And they started describing my exact role. And I went, wait, 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 hang on. (laughs) (laughs) How does, how does this work? What is your title? What do I need to do to make that happen? Um, But having those elements of community in there as a part of my role has, has been a passion of mine from childhood, probably for a long time. Mm. Very cool. Very cool. Tim, I know your story is good. You want to you go now or you want to go last? Yeah. No, I'll, I'll share it. Um, okay. I remember I when I... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just want to say that I will just like leave and come back because I feel super unprofessional with just my name here. So I'll just come oh, back. Fine. You can, what do you, yeah, you can, you can edit. Fine. <laughs> um, and you're not super unprofessional by yeah. any means. <laughs> but um, no, I was... Uh, really in, you know, getting immersed in social media, you know, joined Facebook when, you know, uh, they opened it up to people that were outside of college and then Twitter came around and I jumped on that and it was so enlightening and engaging for me because all of a sudden I could meet people that I didn't know instead of people that I knew. And um, that got me just immersed in like wanting to learn more. And one of my friends from my tweet ride community shared about social media club in Chicago. And so I started going to events there. And after my second event, they had put out a call for volunteers to join a communications committee. And I'll try and not make this like the whole hour, but, um, you know, basically we started out with 13 people on a call. The second call was like three people. And the third call, I was the only one left. And so I, instead of a committee, I basically was asked to be the join the board as a director of communications. But as I'm doing this, I'm like thinking, wow, there's like all this other stuff that I do. And in addition to communications, I'm doing email marketing, I'm doing, you know, uh, volunteer organization, I'm helping coordinate facilities, you know, facilities that we're hosting the events at. I'm working on getting speakers and helping the speaker when, if they're coming in from out of town, you know, have lunch with them, get them acquainted to where we're going, you know, get them in the building where we're going. And so they didn't have any issues. And um, I would print name tags for everything and, and work the registration desk. And it was, and, you know, I was kind of customer service. I was kind of, you know, marketing. It was kind of communications, but it was just all these different things. And then I heard this word community manager and I started doing some research and this is almost 15 years ago, by the way. So, um, I was, you know, I found the community manager at the time was focused around startups that were basically the first hire was a community manager. And then there was the community roundtable, which is still around, which was focused on enterprise community managers, which were all internal communications. And then, you know, and then if you thought community management was new 15 years ago, you asked gamers and they thought you were crazy because they were around for years before (laughs) that. And they had a community of gaming community managers. And I'm just sitting there going, this isn't anything that I'm looking for. And so I started a site called My Community Manager, which we used Google Hangouts when it first started and Google Plus. Um, And we would have hangouts before they were broadcast on air and you need to join our circle to be able to be on the hangout. We always had a saying what happened on community manager hangout stayed on community manager hangout. And, um, and, but you know, to kind of speed this up, I quickly like just embraced, you know, community managers and that's what I figured I wanted to do. And um, I remember posting and all of us have seen this thing on, on, you know, Facebook or somewhere that it's like a Venn diagram with three circles and one is what you're good at. One is what pays well. And one is what you're passionate about. And in the middle, it said hashtag win. And it was three yellow circles. So the middle was red. And I posted that and said, I'm getting closer to red every day. And the guy who was director of community at Huffington Post at the time said, um, come work at HuffPost. We'll help get you there. And I said, I knew how employee referral programs worked. And I said, well, if you're serious, pick up the phone. You know how to get in touch with me. And he called me the next day and he described all these positions. And one of them was they were launching HuffPost Live. So it was a community manager for a live streaming network um, that needed a community manager. And I was just like, he was telling me all these other things. And that was the first one he shared. And I said, you can stop with all the other stuff. This is the one I'm interested in. And I ended up getting that job as a community manager um, of Post Live when we launched. So that's kind of how I learned about it and what it led to in a pretty short period of time. 
Very cool. So love that. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's a great story. Uh, mine's far far less exciting. Uh, so, so like I said, I got online in '96. Um, in 1998, there was uh, Microsoft and, and a, uh, another company uh, announced a new game, a new video game, and I thought, man, that that video game sounds cool. It was. It was kind of like Diablo, uh, a little different. Uh, the game was Gas Power. It was by Gas Power Games, was the other company, and the game was called Dungeon Siege. And I started a website to kind of catalog the development of it because I mean it was announced in '98, but it didn't release for four years. So I started this website. Um, believe it or not, it was called the Dungeon Siege Historian, which is where the nickname comes from. Uh, so the Dungeon Siege Historian, it's, I started off as just admin, you know, because that's what we were back then, admin. I would post the site admin, admin. And eventually people just started calling me historian, the historian. <laughs> so it stuck. Uh, but I started a website in 1998. It's just a fan site. It grew pretty well. It was about the only one. There was one before me, but it didn't last. Uh, we grew large enough that at the time GameSpy, which is now IGN, uh, said, hey, you know what? We'll pay for your hosting. Just move your site to our server, and we'll put it under what was then Planet GameSpy or Planet RPG under GameSpy. And uh, we grew bigger. We grew bigger. Another Dungeon Siege website merged into us. We got even bigger, and eventually we got up to the point where we had a full-blown Planet Dungeon Siege website, and it lasted for 14 years. But I, I was doing this all as a volunteer, so I'm learning on the fly. At that time, I called myself a community liaison because there just wasn't really a good name for it. Um, and uh, so uh, you know, after about seven years of doing that, uh, I said, man, I'm kind of tired of Dungeon Siege. We had been through three versions of the game at that point, two versions of the game at that point, with two expansions for each of them. Uh, I was just kind of done. Uh, and I said, OK, I'm going to move on. So I started looking around for another game I'd be interested in. And I came across a company called Acclaim Games. Uh, if you're old like me, you'll remember they made a lot of cool video games for the consoles back in the Super Nintendo and Genesis days. Um, the company that I joined was not that. <laughs> they had uh, that company had gone out of business and somebody had bought the name basically. Uh, but I joined them as a volunteer, and I said, "Hey, I I'm happy to help. I've got ton of experience. I've done this before. I've built websites. I've built communities. I've built." you know, game facts, everything you can think of. And uh, what they were doing is taking games from China, bringing them to the US, uh, translating them, and then putting them out to an American market. And these are free to play, so cash shops, those kinds of things. And so I volunteered doing that for two years, and they finally said, hey, do you want to work for us? Uh, and they hired me. And at that point, we had about 800, 900,000 uh, registered users across seven games. Um, and then five years later, when I uh, when they finally they let me go because they got bought by Playdom and I didn't live in California with them, um, so they got by Playdom and then eventually bought by Disney. But uh, when I left, we had 16 million registered users across 14 games, um, and I had 200 volunteer moderators uh, to help me manage all of that because there's no way one person could do that. It was very cool, very exciting. Uh, and that's how I got my first job in community management. Uh, and that's when I realized it could be a job is when somebody said, Hey, do you want to work for us to do this full time? Uh, and I've been doing it since. So, um, you know, 2007 to now professionally, 1998 to now, uh, as a hobbyist and, I still run hobby communities out there. So I have my work community that I, that I manage. And then uh, you know, in my spare time, I have a couple of other things that I still keep up with and manage. It's just, it's just fun. I, it's one of those things that uh, you know, I, turned, I turned a hobby into a career, which you know, they, they say can make you hate your hobby. But I still love it to this day, to the point that I, I still create new communities from time to time. Um, and still build things up. Like uh, you can kind of see them. I want to say oop, this way. I've got some arcade machines. Those are the arcade one up. I I run the arcade one up subreddit on Reddit, uh, and and manage that. So um, just just fun. I love it. I love it. I'm gonna stop talking because I could talk for days. So anybody else want to take a stab? My my answer is gonna be pretty much the shortest out of everyone um uh it's in it, it, i know exactly when it was 2008 um the reason why i know that is because it was my first south by southwest that's where i met chris and chrissy because it was their first south by southwest as well um i met a lot of the uh old school 
OG social media people and community people at uh, South by um, like some of the people like Jim store, you, you know, some of the, 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 the uh, many people that are kind of like household names or have faded, like they've come up and then come back down because they've been in the game for so long. So that's when I was like really understanding, like not just, the difference between a hobby and an interest, but actually a career as that being an option and mm -hmm. people who are actually well on their way to creating that for themselves and for other people. And so that kind of like made it real. Oh, my glasses. There we go. That made it real that uh, what I, that there was an intersection between like enjoyment and work and getting paid uh, that, that it felt like, uh, leaning into those facets that I felt were valuable to me and my interests, my, and the way that I felt ethically with capitalism, uh, <laughs> it was like, Oh, there is an intersection. And so I, I that, that's, that's my answer. South by Southwest 2018. That's when I found out that my, my passion could be a career. I'm trying to think, I think I was in Austin in 2018. Yeah, I was in Austin in 2018. I might have gone to that South by Southwest, actually. Not that we ran into each other, but just it was a the the lounge, like the first, like the social media. Oh. It became the social media lounge. The reason why it was there is because I was working for AMD at the time. And oh, we okay. Were a sponsor, and so we were doing a, a demo, and so I was sent there to to work the demo station. At Very South cool. By. Very cool. Mary, that's when there was only one lounge. One, <laughs> one lounge. Was there was one lounge. <laughs> Very cool. Anybody else? We can go on to the next question. Yeah, I think we got everybody for that one. Okay, so the next question, I, I it's, it's very similar to the question I just asked. Um, so when did you first get started? I already told my story. I, I got hired from being a volunteer. Um, so I guess this is what was your first real community job? And, and uh, you know, how excited were you to get it? Because I was stunned. Um, when, when they said, Hey, you want to work for us? I was a web developer doing, you know, just normal. I, back then I would have been full stack, which was all of JavaScript, HTML, and whatever was on the back end at that time we were using ASP, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm curious, uh, what was that first job? Uh, were you shocked to get it? Were you excited to get it? I mean, I was, I was floored. I was like, Oh, I can do this for a living. And then I said how much I wanted to pay and they didn't blink. And that just threw me for a loop too. <laughs> So uh, it was good. Oh, you're my dogs. Oh, there we go. Who's next? Who's up? I can go reverse order. I can, I can. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, Wesley. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so job, job. Like, uh, like I mentioned that I worked for AMD. Um, I helped with the formation of the social media council within AMD, but that was still like a side gig in my main gig of that role. Um, and then, so I, I was, I, my first role was I was a digital strategist for a startup in 2011. It was called Snowball. Uh, they helped with nonprofits doing social sharing and uh, where you could sponsor other people for, and they could raise money for nonprofits. And I helped create a street team while I was there as part of my role as a digital strategist in terms of forming their community. Uh, and so... 2011 was the my first role uh, doing any community work and getting paid for it. And was I shocked? Uh, yeah, yeah, because uh, I've been doing it for three years, even though I, it was never part of my title. Uh, I was uh, um, doing it as a volunteer for Social Media Club because I was um, on the board for nonprofit outreach. And so I helped a lot of nonprofits do their community work um, just unpaid. Um, and so um, it was my big, like, leap into changing careers. Like, I was moving out of uh, the, the thing that I've been doing for years. And uh, in terms of getting paid, I was actually taking a significant pay cut for, for uh, doing that role because I was an engineer at a um, at AMD and then I was moving on to being, to, to working at a startup doing community work. Um, so I think I took like a, I don't know, $30,000 pay cut or something like that a year. Um, because I was like, it's, it felt like it was the right thing to do. So 
was yeah. it the right thing to do? I mean, years later, was it the right thing to do? I mean, on certain levels, yeah. <laughs> I mean, let, let, let's ask it this way: Do you have any regrets, Wesley? Yeah, that's yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of regrets. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Honest answer. Not honest pursuing answer. my passion, but choosing who I went to. Like it was a social sharing nonprofit, uh, like startup to help with social sharing. And I did social and community work. Um, they kind of led me astray about how much runway they had. Uh, mm. And uh, this was once again, this was 2011. Things weren't super good economically because still coming out of the, the recession and their choice for like trying to like stream things down was to lay me off after being there for six months. <laughs> uh, and so like now I'm in the job market with six months of experience, mm -hmm. uh, having left, um, a, a really secure job making way more money. Uh, and so I had to figure out what I was going to do. Um, by the way, like, I think a, a month before I found out that I was being laid off, they were talking about uh, um, talking about like I was asking uh, questions about like financial security and stuff like that because found out that um, me and my wife were pregnant with our first kid and so oh. I was like oh so how are things going oh like things are fine a month later I was gone uh, uh, no job uh, kid on the way uh, and um, figuring out like am I going to make this thing work this new career that I decided to do or go back to doing the the engineering thing that I was doing. And I was like, I'm just going to try to bet on myself and do move towards this thing I'm passionate about. But I, I think that is a little offside outside of the question. So <laughs> don't mean to derail. No, it's okay. Uh, but, I mean, I'm guilty of that too, taking, I, yeah. you know, the job before this one was not a good fit. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. That's how I, when yeah. anybody asks, it just wasn't a good fit. Uh, and it, I don't feel like I succeeded there, which is a hard thing to admit. Uh, but it just, they're better without me and I'm better without them, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, so, it, you know, I've totally been there. So I just good answer. I'll say that good answer. Yes. I was going to say everything happened for a reason, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> and let's see your careers brought you here today to be on a live stream with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no one gets a peek at the alternate timeline, right? So, right. That's right. You know, we are where we are. history is made by the victors. So. so um, no, well, I told my story about the first job I got, but one of the interesting things was when this guy called me, I actually um, told him that I was interested. I had a video interview, which back in those days was pretty unheard of. I mean, now it's pretty common, but I had um, two of the executives of HuffPost Live interview me. I think it went really well, um, and I didn't hear anything after that. And I specifically remember my wife and I were sitting at our pool that had opened up um, early because in Chicago, they don't typically open up until Memorial Day. So it opened up early and it was sometime in May that we were sitting at the pool. We were the only two out there and I get a phone call and it's a recruiter from AOL asking me questions like, are you qualified to work in America? You know, or legal to work in America? Do you need any permits? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'd like, these are such odd questions. I'm like, and I ask why you're asking me these. And she goes, oh, well, you were offered the job as a community manager for HuffPost Live. And I'm like, I was. <laughs> and, um, and she goes, oh, you know what? Did the hiring manager not call you? And I'm like, no. And so uh, she goes, oh, okay, let me get in touch with them and I'll have them give you a, a call right back. And I hung up the phone and I told my wife who was sitting there, I said, I got a job. And <laughs> She goes, where? And I said, at HuffPost. And she goes, aren't they in New York? And I said, yeah. And she goes, does that mean you got to move to New York? And I said, yes. And she goes, I'm not going with you. <laughs> and so part of my negotiations for my reload package was that um, I would be able to fly back and forth for the first three months from Chicago to New York. And I just was like kind of not technically couch surfing because I think it was actually before couch surfing started, but I was kind of friends and relatives, I was sleeping on couches and spare bedrooms um, and getting to see my wife. And after three months, she finally said, okay, I'm, I 
I miss you. I want to come out to New York because our plan was I would stay for a year, get the experience, move back to Chicago and then um, get another job in Chicago. But it, it really New York was one of the greatest things I think that happened for both my wife and I as a result of getting that job at HuffPost. Very cool. Anyone else? Um, I can just add to my story because uh, it might be a little bit inspirational because uh, um, I told you like I've been into communities for a long time because before I knew about communities about co-living co-housing I started like two houses that were like communal houses and stuff so I was super passionate about it not really thinking of this as a career but at one point when I decided I want to make it my career I put it on LinkedIn and for the longest time nothing happened so I got this um, connection through my friend with a company that was maybe looking for a community manager in future. In future, so I had this first call with them. They seemed super cool, but they didn't have any open positions. They didn't even have the community position made yet. So they were thinking like, oh, maybe you will have this. Like you're cool. We like talking to you. Like let's stay in touch. But I didn't have a job then. I actually was in a like in a place in my life where I had to make some decisions. So I, I like I decided to not renew the lease for my apartment. I moved basically moved out of Warsaw. I went to Madeira and spent like as a digital nomad kind of thing, but uh, jobless digital nomad, unemployed digital nomad <laughs> um, in Madeira. And I was just like hanging out there. And then after a half year. Uh, I got finally a call that, okay, yeah, we'd, lo we'd love to work with you. And they basically, you know, they, it was kind of a dream contract because it's halftime and I can travel the world. So now I'm in Mexico. And um, yeah, it's been pretty amazing. But to be honest, to have this role and uh, to get it, I was literally waiting for a half year. And, uh, you know, just like sticking to what I wanted, sticking to <laughs> kinds of things that I want like it has to be half time it has to be community manager I have to be able to travel and yeah it was worth it at the end so that's cool <laughs> very good very good that's awesome um for me I jokingly say that I was the annoying early 20s employee who asked too many questions and was finally told to just go figure out the answers and that's how I got my first community job um but that's kind of what happened. So when I was at O'Reilly, like I mentioned, I was in the, the PR department writing press releases and started to realize and ask questions around like, hey, how do we how do we choose what topics we're writing about next? How do we choose what topics we're handling for the conferences? How do we gain information from our community about what they're interested in and make sure that what we're producing is what they actually want? And so I asked a lot of questions, kept asking a lot of questions, and finally someone was like, oh, just go go figure that out. You've got good questions. You're heading in the right direction. No one else has time to do this. If you want to do this, like tell me, tell me what it is you're gonna do. Tell me how you're gonna do it. Go do it. And I was like, oh, 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 uh okay, yeah, I'll I'll go do that and immediately called the like three other people that I knew who were doing similar things and was like, help, what do I, what do I do? This is apparently my job now. How do I do this? I, I'm gonna need some, some help and mentorship along the way. So it was, I think, not necessarily a surprise from the aspect that I was asking a lot of those questions already, um, but it was definitely a surprise from the like, okay, okay, just, go do that thing and, and let us know. It's like, Were oh. you like the dog that cut the car? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this actually happened. Now, what do, what do I do with it exactly? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Very cool, very cool. Um, so final question is a conceit on my part. Uh, do you guys have any topics you'd like to see us cover in the future? Wesley and Mary, you cannot say podcasts because I've got you guys lined up for one already. Uh, so anything else, anything else you might be interested in doing? I can tell you that uh, the next one is going to be choosing a community platform. So if anybody out there would like to be a participant, uh, part of the guests on stream, please let me know. Uh, after that, I've got learning from your community, although, nope, I'm sorry. 
choosing a platform, community growing pains is next. And then uh, there on the 826, we've got something about podcasts. I don't remember. Uh, but uh, yeah, if, if there's any topics you guys want me to cover or want us to cover, yeah, Wesley, fire away, man. I would love for you to cover meta communities. So there's meta a lot of communities for community managers. So many so that I think that uh, some of us don't know about them. So I would love to be able to spread the word for those uh, I, as well. You know, and the beauty of it is, is I know everybody. So I could probably even get them on stream. Yeah. Uh, maybe with the exception of David Spinks. If you're watching Mr. Spinks, you could join us. Uh, but I know he's still on his sabbatical. Or... I think he's still on a sabbatical. And that's the yeah. only reason I would say that would be the challenge. Um, yeah, but I mean, there are there are a lot. Um, there's some of the mainstays. Everybody knows CMX. Everybody knows Community Roundtable. Uh, and there's some, a lot of nice little pop-ups. And there's um, it's 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 funny. Whenever somebody makes a new community platform, they tend to start off by making a community themselves for community managers, I guess, to get eyes on it and get us to try it and, and do those kinds of things. But yeah, Community Roundtable is a personal favorite. I've been with them for years as you know one of their people uh cmx i've tried to but but last time i tried to join they hadn't they had turned off the joining part of it uh so hopefully they'll get that back soon um let's dinner see dinner five yeah oh yeah dinner oh, five yeah dinner five is pretty awesome hey bp showed up i'm gonna put you on stream bp say hello and introduce yourself maybe oh I am here. Hi, how's it going? All right, hi everyone. I, I, I see Wesley. Wesley and I work together at AWS. Actually, let me turn on my camera. Let me. Sorry, I'm just. Yeah. I'm, I'm on so, a work laptop and I'm on another laptop and. But, yeah. Uh, Good old Brett here is. Uh, Yay. He's the guy that runs the communitymanager.com website. Let's just let me let me throw that up there. Plug it for you real quick. Uh, let's put that banner up here. It's going to cover my face and let's just scoot it up a little bit. Find a good spot right there. Uh, awesome. So communitymanager.com, stop by. We, uh, if you want to write for us, please let me know. Because if you've seen my writing, you know we need help. Uh, <laughs> Your writing is great, David. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I stand on the shoulders of giants. Uh, I really do. So, um, but yes, I think that's a good, uh, good one is uh, meta community managers, communities for community managers. I think that's a great one. I've got that in there. <laughs> Well, I also think that there's, you know, another thing that I was going to bring up, which is kind of part and partial to that is, um, you know, the organization I work for now really focuses on, you know, Web 2 and Web 3. And what I'm seeing in Web 3 is a whole bunch of communities starting up for community managers in the Web 3 space. Um, and everybody thinks that just has to be NFT and crypto, and it's way more than that. So it's like, you know, I think there's some some you know, interesting things that, you know, people running Discord communities and, you know, stuff like that, that, you know, yeah. I haven't been exposed to before, but it's kind of like part and partial to, I think, the meta communities, but it's also like its own kind of trajectory of, um, of community managers. So it might be interesting to get some perspectives from people in the Web3 space that are running communities outside of, you know, Web1 and Web2. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm with Web three skeptic. I'll be honest, but I won't stand in the way of anybody that's interested in it and has a passion for it. I think that it's a new kind of community, and maybe I'm just being the grumpy old guy, uh, you know, when I talk about it. But I, I, you know, I have some issues with NFTs and the way that they seem predatory, and I know that that's not always the case. It just feels like the only time we hear news about it is when it's being predatory. Uh, well, well, I will say, David, that that you know, it's like. I definitely have my own opinions, but yeah. you know, just like you, I like being open and I think yeah. we can all learn from everybody else instead of like being well, close minded into what we know and what we're used to. <laughs> exactly. And and for me, for me exactly is that, you know, when I when I talked a little earlier in the episode, I talked about how the web was protocol based. Everything ran on protocols and that would be very decentralized. So I'm clearly not opposed to it. And I think that we have some 800 pound gorillas out there, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, um, and and they tend to dominate the, just the way that we discuss things online. And having something that's not so centralized wouldn't be a bad thing necessarily. I just worry about um, how things would be moderated and how those would be managed being so decentralized. 
Um, and then I remember the days of NetSlip when, like I said, in the middle of the conversation, half like half the world disappears for a minute because a connection went wing, you know, wired. Uh, we're we're much more stable today, though. Uh, obviously, we can stream video live from multiple people at once to multiple platforms at once. Hello, Twitter and YouTube and Facebook and Twitch. Um, so I mean, I, you know, we don't have to use a dial-up connection. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, Mom, get off the phone. I'm trying to call AOL. Um, kind of things. Anything else? Any other ideas? I think that's a great one. I'm gonna I'm gonna put us here on a Brady Bunch screen. <clears throat> so. No, I actually love the idea of the picking the platform because that's where I'm at right now. We've been mm -hmm. uh, my community has been on Discord for a long time, and I've decided to switch it up lately. So now I'm having this, and next week I'm having all the demo calls with all the platforms and make up the decision. So I'm just very spending a lot of time on researching that subject currently. No, no, that's great. You know, and uh, my, I will tell you that uh, there's a good book called Who Moved the Cheese? Because <laughs> you're going to have some of that. Uh, people are going to be like, I don't want to move. I want to be on Discord and I don't want to move. And you just have to kind of accept that that's the way it'll be. Um, but yeah, I, I would totally set up that call because I can, I can actually, that's one I can actually speak to with a little bit of authority. So that's a good one uh, next week. If you want to come back and join us next week, I'll send you an invite. And then sure. you, can, you can ask questions live, you know, like if somebody says something, we can we can really dig into it. Awesome. And so, I wish I'd be happy to, to talk with you too, because um, we're very platform agnostic. So even though we do have a lot of clients on Discord, it's we work with many other platforms too. So I can kind of give you some insights of any ones that you're looking at that might be, um, you know, something that you're interested in. I can give you like some of the highlights and lowlights or benefits and drawbacks of each one. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to find you on Twitter then. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Very good. Very good. All right. So um, I will say that I hate Facebook as a community platform. I just to throw that out there. Hate it. Yeah, a lot of people nodded at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Uh, you know what? You know, if your community's there, it's fine. If your community's there, I just wish Facebook wouldn't change your mind about things all the time. Uh, you know, I, a long time ago, I used to say you don't plant your garden in somebody else's yard because you never know when they're going to come by and throw manure on it. And Facebook has a bad. Oh habit my gosh, of doing that was that. straight out, Alicia. Please don't take offense to what he just said. David, please continue. <laughs> because yeah, of the gorilla gardening. Gorilla gardening. Gorilla gardening. See, we're building a garden in somebody else's yard when you use yeah. Facebook. Yeah, no, no, no offense intended. Uh, so, um, yes. Um, but yeah, or till it under, I guess is a better word. Cause you know, manure tends to be a beneficial thing for a garden. Um, but it rarely does Facebook make beneficial changes. Um, so, uh, but yeah, that's, that's good. Um, let's see what else have I got, uh, learning from your community. That's a topic we have that I could get some people to talk about, um, where to start the basics of launching a community. I think Alicia would be good for that one. Um, hiring a community manager. Uh, a lot of us have been hired, so we know how that works. Um, we can talk about what I like about hiring a community manager is because we can speak to what a company should be asking of us that they may not know they should be asking. Um, uh, reinventing you as an effective and engaging community manager, which is, you know, what can you do to improve yourself? I mean, I think for me, for me, this is one of the best things for me um, because. I've been doing a community management for a long time and I get stuck in my ways. I, I literally, you know, I, I used to say it's like being in a bubble. You know what's going on inside your bubble, but what's going on outside of it seems foreign and weird. And, you know, we can't deal with that. So, uh, you know, just getting outside, getting new knowledge. Um, I find conferences, like, for example, you know, all the conferences that the big guys put on, I never get a lot of value out of them because it's really geared towards people that are early and mid career. And so it's hard for me to feel like I can get out of the bubble. And talking to people like this, where somebody will say something and it'll just put me in a totally different direction that I didn't expect. Um, let's yeah. see, what else? Anyone have a comment on that one? Yeah, I can add something. 
because uh, I totally agree with you with the, the a lot of content out there is just for like very beginners and like very starter level level and uh, also for getting into your ways. So I've been doing this only for a year now, like in one place. And I see that I just chose some things to do and I just stick to them. I'm also like a one person community yeah. uh, apartment, which is, which is like for many people, it's the same. Many communities are kind of alone in this job. And um, I don't know, it got me to a point like two times already when I just got kind of a feeling that you know, I'm the only one like doing all the effort and trying out and I'm just like doing all the same things. And I'm actually at this point of reinventing myself as a community manager and also reinventing the approach to the community that I took uh, on a year ago. So I do think it's super crucial. And I also do feel like there's not that many resources about it. Just to like give you an example, some time ago, about a month ago, I asked on CMX forum, uh, a question, hey, what cool things are you doing for your communities? Like, I imagine that I have unlimited budget, I can do everything I want, just like let the creativity uh, creativity flow and like just make up something. And all the people were just like, oh, maybe you can produce some gadgets, maybe you can do an event, you know, like, um, and these are good answers in a way, but they're like super basic. And I feel like, uh, what communities kind of need when we have like this high level of saturation of communities would just like be taking it somehow to the next level and making it cooler and more engaging. And uh, I don't think many people are doing that, or at least I haven't found these people yet. Yeah, I find that um, maybe I found them today. Yeah, maybe, hopefully. Um, so what I find with communities is people will find what works and they won't ever shift away from it. So, hey, this works, this works, this works, this works. And then they're like, why, why are we not growing? Why, why is it kind of stagnating? Why are we stuck? Um, and it's that. They just keep doing the same things over and over again. And I think the secret to being a community manager is accepting that you will fail. Um, so I literally say, you know, I'm going to try this for two weeks. Uh, if I don't get the results I want, I'm going to stop doing it and try something else. Um, and, you know, two weeks is arbitrary. Maybe, you know, if you're doing a newsletter, it's going to take longer than two weeks to get people to kind of take it up. So you give it an, a set period of time. You can continue to do other new things as you go along. But at some point, if it's not working, you just need to say it's not working and let it go. Uh, and and that can be very hard to do sometimes. Uh, it's just something... You know, you gotta you gotta figure out. But you're right. You know, I, hearing ideas from other people, getting people all together in a place where you can talk it out, is usually the the best way to do it. And you know, there's a lot of places that you can do that now. Uh, you know, voice chat wasn't as ubiquitous as it is today early on, and now we've got Discord where it's so easy to talk live with people. Um, you know, and do things like this, hang out and just chat. Very cool. Very cool. Um, we are at well, seven minute mark. So we've got some more time. If anybody's out there would like to ask a question, um, sugar flow has a, let's see. Oh, come on, pull it in show on stream. There we go. Sugar flow. I'd like to see it getting started with setting strategy for your community. How about that? Yeah, yes. that's a good yeah. topic. Sugar flow. Thank you very much. I'm going to copy paste that right into my spreadsheet as we speak. Yeah, I was going to say how many communities get started without a strategy and then they don't don't produce oh anything goodness. and then they don't exist anymore. Yes, <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, and I think that goes to Alicia's point of, you know, there's a lot of the early, early content out there. And then you get to more of a little bit of like intermediate, but still for the one person team that not a lot of that exists. And so figuring out, you know, how do I get started? How do I prioritize things? How do I choose what to do? How do I experiment? How do I explain to my manager that all of these are experiments, <laughs> but eventually we'll producing something because you got to experiment before you can figure out what works, right? Things like yeah. that. Um, uh, yeah. Not only that, you got to think acquisition. How are we getting people into this community? I mean, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's all of that and that, you know, it is not, we've said this a million times. It is not, if you build it, they will come. No. Uh, or he will come uh, get the quote right so it's a movie bus are going to give me some bad mail for that um if you build it he will come so uh yeah you've got to you've got to know how you're going to get them in there and how you keep them once you get them there and that means 
planning because you've got to have a steady stream of content. There's got to be a reason to show up. I liken it to, you know, you see a house across the street, the lights are flashing, everything's going wild. You hear the loud music, you walk in, you open the door and you're the only person there. <laughs> so it looks like a great party, but you've got to make it feel like a great party. Nobody wants to be the first one there. So you got to have a good group kind of starting in. That's a good one. Um, I've got moderation and governance. I think that could be a multi-episode type thing. Moderation and then just governance in general. Um, onboarding community members. I think that's a good tie-in. We may be able to pull this into a series that just walks from choosing a platform, getting started with your strategy, onboarding community members, um, showing value for community to internal stakeholders is one of the topics I want to cover. Uh, managing finance and getting a budget is one of the topics. Um, a lot of us are still what we call lone wolf uh, community managers. We're just one person doing it for the company. Uh, so there's a managing a community team. I've got some good people lined up for that one, hopefully. Um, there's then, also a burnout aspect there. Not yes, only there people is. who are single, single person teams, but also for multi-person teams around planning, right? How do you... How do you plan yeah. and prioritize and set focus properly and I, not burn out along the way? <laughs> I used to run, uh, when I did the, my community manager, I was running unconferences for community manager unconferences. And one of the things that I always did, and this is like what's foreign at the time, people would wonder why I had somebody come in and talk about wellness or yoga or breathing yes. in the middle of a community manager unconference. And yes. that was exactly why. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think to Wesley's point that you made a long time ago, like a lot of us are in this because we love building communities in our personal lives as well. And when there's that huge overlap between personal and professional, it can be hard to step away and take that break and get the, the rest and restoration that we need. So absolutely. Um, the one other topic from my side um, is... KPIs, which I know is generally a, a bad word, um, but I think figuring out ways that we can define KPIs that actually make sense for us instead of having other people define KPIs for us. Because I think yes. say you get to a certain point, you're going to have KPIs. So how do we how do we get ahead of that and make sure that we're actually putting ones in place that are good and helpful from our side and also fill that need of how do we know that you're producing value? Yep. Well, I mean, that leads into ROI, doesn't it? Exactly. All right. KBI ROI, I put that in there as well. Well, I guess we're at the end of the hour. We got about two minutes left. I'm going to go down through the list. We're going to put your full screen and you can just, uh, yeah, I know full screen, big right. move. Brett's been trying, trying, you know, wanting to say something. Yeah. I, I just have an idea for maybe like another um, topic is, is, programs that encourage, um, I guess, colleagues to um, share content that your company has created. Like we use everyone's social, um, you know, as an internal program. There's others like that you know, that might be beneficial, you know, that usually a community manager might run. And, you know, it's, it might be an internal community, but I still feel like, you know, you're just trying to round up the troops and, um, and, and I guess, turn them into like advocates of the company. Or ambassadors yep. so i feel like that that could be maybe something worth covering maybe like almost how you spread um if it's an external community how you spread that across internal stakeholders right across the company you know right <laughs> no tim exactly yeah yeah all right i'm just shutting this down i got uh programs and countries participation i've got advocacy i'm actually in the process of building an advocacy program where i work um for external purposes. So this would be a community advocates, not internal advocates. We, like you, use everyone social for internal stuff, but we don't have a program for the community users to do the same kinds of things. So we're looking to do that. Um, what I'll do is I'm going to go down and just pick people at random. And you can say who you are and where people can get in touch with you if they would like to chat with you further. Um, and we're going to start with Wesley, because he's right next to me. My name is Wesley Faulkner. <laughs> and I am on Twitter as Wesley83. Um, just, of course, uh, I do 
this podcast called Community Pulse, communitypulse.io, with uh, several lovely co-hosts, some who might be on the stream right now. And so if you're interested in some of that work, uh, you could subscribe, hopefully. Uh, and uh, that's about it. If, reach out to me over Twitter and never over LinkedIn, okay? So I'm just going to say that, just to make it abundantly clear. Very good, very good. And we're going to go to Alicia. Okay, so uh, I'm Alicia Snarska. Um, I'm uh, the opposite of what Wesley said. So this is my Twitter handler that Al is doing tech, but I'm never on Twitter. So reach out to me through LinkedIn if you want. Um, and I'm not creating currently any content uh, regarding uh, community stuff. I do write sometimes and it's on Medium as Alice in Internet. So you can check it out, but it's not very community related though. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. All right. There's Mary. Hello, Mary. Whoa, I just hit her. I did the wrong button. Let's show her on screen and make her really big. There we go. Hello. All good. Uh, so you can find me at Mary underscore Grace on Twitter and just about anywhere online not quite but a lot of places um similar to wesley i will say reach out to me on twitter not on linkedin i'm terrible at linkedin but i'm usually pretty good at twitter dms um you can also find a lot of what i've done at uh marygrace.community or marythingwell.com if you don't want to try and spell my last name i get that um i am lucky enough to be a co-host with wesley on community pulse um and i also put out deborah weekly a weekly newsletter with articles, tweets, uh, curated information about community and DevRel. So feel free to subscribe to that if you're interested. And I'll do see I have that on my list? I've got a, I just published a list of community newsletters. I, I saw that and I had it on my list to reach out to you about it. Okay, <laughs> you should do that. I'll update cool. it and put it up there, yes, please. All right, and good. then, very good. Thank you for joining. Uh, Brett, I'm gonna pop you up, say who you are. Whoop, I'm gonna put you back. I'm gonna pop you up. All right. Uh, and uh, let you just tell everybody about you and what a wonderful yeah, person you are and community manager, the community manager.com. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I run the community manager.com with David. Uh, David basically is, is, is leading everything on here. So he's doing a fantastic job. Yes. My name is Brett Petersell. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Brett. DMs are open. You can message me on LinkedIn. It's okay. Um, but I work at social operations at Amazon, Amazon Web Services. I also do content partnerships on the horror film side of things at Letterboxd. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you for setting this up today. I wish I was here a little earlier, I apologize, but this is a great conversation. Looking forward to doing more. And again, yeah, thanks for this opportunity. This is a, this is a great platform yeah. and you know, I'm looking forward to sharing and learning from others. Thank you for joining, I appreciate it. And we wouldn't have known you were into horror films if you hadn't told us. Yeah. <laughs> And my co-host here is Brett McDonald. So come on and tell us all about you. Hey, yeah, uh, Tim McDonald, at T.A. McDonald on Twitter, Tim A. McDonald on LinkedIn, uh, and Instagram, if you want to get with me there. Um, and I don't care if you find me on Facebook, too. I'm just Tim McDonald there. So <laughs> I'm anywhere on those four almost all the time. So please feel free to reach out to me. And uh, it's so great that you reignited this, uh, David. I'm like so excited to be at my Friday afternoons uh, filled with other community managers again. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And me, myself, I am David Dewald, and I'm going to bring everybody back. See if I can get everybody up here. Um, you can find me at Historian on Twitter, at his, and Historian on LinkedIn. I think I'm Historian on Facebook, too. Um, you can reach me through the communitymanager.com website. You can reach me through daviddewald.com. Uh, and I'm always looking for hosts and co-hosts and people to join as guests on these calls. If you have topics or anything you'd like to, to uh, have us cover. I've got a good long list, so I'm going to be reaching out for people to be guests to talk about it. Um, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to next week. Hopefully choosing community platform will be good. And Alicia, I'll reach out to you to make sure that you get on that. Thank you, everybody, for joining. And we'll talk to you next week, Fridays at 2 p.m. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Hi. Thanks for having me on. <laughs>